Welcome to another episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. This episode is a continuation of episode 89, so if you haven't listened to episode 89, please do listen to it first before continuing to this episode because that's where the discussion started. But if you've listened to episode 89, enjoy episode 90 as we continue the discussion. I actually want to talk about heaven and about angels, mm. right? Yippee! <laughs> <laughs> because when I think of heaven, and the funny thing is even now, as grown up as I am, when I think of heaven, I think of this. Ah. That, that's it. <laughs> you know, floating on the clouds, wearing robes, white robe, playing harps, you know. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay. Or the other picture is just praising God 24-7. Then I think yes. of times when I'm like, ish, I'm tired of praising worship right now, bruh. <laughs> My head going to get tired when I'm just like, ish, bruh. Yeah. The band is playing out of tune or I'm just, yes. you know what I'm saying? Yes. So... Just these pictures that we have that we're going to be worshipping God all the time. And we'll be wearing mm-hmm. white robes. Yeah. In my head, I feel like. Then yeah. I think, okay, is that actually an attractive um, <laughs> idea? Yeah. Do I want to be... Or maybe that's because of the idea that we have of worship, right? Yes. Which needs to be, um, to be addressed. But I'm just saying, uh, what, what are some of the pictures that you guys have when you think of heaven? I have yeah. Peter there with the keys. <laughs> twirling his keys to the yeah. pearly gates and yeah. then like the the street is literally gold mm-hmm. and yeah i just feel like i'll i'll meet up with all these people who died and be like oh, long time yeah. kind of thing but then we'll like, just, there's no time here yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll all be like wearing white and also we'll all be looking our best like just remember yourself at your flyest yeah what everyone will be looking like yeah yeah. Great. Look, uh, heaven, it's interesting. The Bible doesn't have a lot to say about what heaven looks like and what happens in heaven, except the praise and worship. So when people have that idea, it's because of what they've read in the Bible. You see, in, Re- in Revelation chapter 5, you see these people from also a multitude that could not be counted from uh, every nation, every language, every tribe. Uh, they were in white robes that they had washed in the blood of the Lamb, and they held palm branches, and they were saying, Hosanna. You know, that's all you see uh, about heaven. Uh, It's a place where God is. It's a place where people who die go to be. And there's not much more information than that. Uh, The information that you end up getting is maybe guys being imaginative or some people who have near-death experiences or guys who say we're taken up to heaven and we've come back to tell you what we saw. Which is, I don't have a problem with that. I just have an issue with, uh, you know, um, if that's not in the Bible, it's not authoritative. Right. So if someone says I went there and there was this carpet of lilies and, you know, I was talking with Jesus and, uh, you know, then we got into this room, a vault, there were uh, body parts uh, for people who don't have body parts on earth. You know, if you've read some of those yeah, uh, accounts. Right. Yeah. So that's not in the Bible. And that's a revelation that you would have received. And every revelation must be weighed and tested and, and you know, and all that. Paul uh, spoke about being taken up to the third heaven to paradise and seeing things that men were not allowed to speak of. Mm. So there were things that he was shown, which he was told, hey, when, uh, when you go back down, you're not allowed to speak about these things, which as a side issue, if I should say, maybe the reason that some people want to go to heaven and see these things, God won't let you go there because <laughs> <laughs> if he says don't tell people, the first thing you're going to do is tell the whole church. <laughs> oh, you know, and then those just taking us. You know. <laughs> Well, I saw exactly. I write a book and do a book tour and all that kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> you know, heaven is this place. And I think uh, it's one of those things I believe that the Lord wants us to 
to have faith for and hunger for to say, I want to go to that place right. to really experience what it's like. You have some snippets where Jesus says things like, you're going to be sitting with me uh, to the 12 disciples. He says, you're going to sit on 12 thrones and you're going to judge the 12 tribes of, uh, you know, of Israel. Um, we saw quite, sh- we're not sure if that is in heaven or that's in the 1000 year, the, the millennium. Um, uh, but you do hear, you know, you have this idea of thrones in heaven, people sitting there making judgments and you know, making judgment calls and stuff like that. Now it's not sounding fun. Yeah, yeah, uh, and then there's houses, you know, there's mansions. I go to prepare a place for you, Jesus said in John 14. Yeah. If it were not so, I would not have told you, uh, or I'd have told you, sorry. Uh, and you have an idea of there being a lot of space, people living there. Uh, but there's going to be work to do, I believe. Uh, and so I talk about heaven, we can talk about the other stuff afterwards. But if I talk about heaven, heaven itself, yeah. there's not much in, in the Bible to say apart from what we have heard of angels being there. Uh, singing, you know, Hebrews 12 says that there's a festal gathering of angels. There's the spirits of just men made perfect there. There's Jesus, uh, you know, the uh, and, and God, the judge of all, and the blood of Abel. I mean, the blood of Jesus, which speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Yeah. So it's like a census of what you will find uh, in heaven. So and not the much. Book of life. That's not yes, the book of life. Yeah, we can always talk about that as well. Book. Um, for my name, like, please. Yeah, <laughs> please be in there. Please, please, please. So that's heaven. Yeah. Um, not much to, to to say about it because the Bible doesn't say much about it. Yeah. So, but then, different mm-hmm. faiths believe different things. But I think most faiths have heaven in common, unless you're mm-hmm. Hindu and you get reincarnated. I don't know. But there's a place you go when you die. Mm-hmm. And we all kind of have this, a similar image of this place. Mm-hmm. But is that really what happens? Because I know yeah. like Jehovah's Witnesses believe in purgatory, which is like, I don't know, a staging room or <laughs> something before That's you actually graduate. The Catholics. It's the Catholics. Huh? Is the the Catholics, Catholics, yeah. It's also, Jeho- oh no, they believe in paradise. Yes, yeah. Jehovah's Witnesses believe in paradise. Anyway, yeah. yeah. So what happens? Do we, after we die, are we actually just going straight? Yes. So if you die and you're a believer, Oh, yes, yeah. of course, yes. For, as Paul said, you know, those who sleep in the Lord, that's what yeah. Paul's, uh, that's the language he uses, definitely go to heaven. Uh, everyone goes to heaven if they are born again, um, and there's no purgatory. Okay. The idea of purgatory comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 15, where Paul is talking about how certain people are going to enter heaven without a reward, Mm. but they're going to do so as those escaping through the flames. Mm. So their work was not sufficient uh, of sufficient quality for them to be rewarded. Mm. And so it's destroyed and lost, but their souls are saved. Okay. Okay. So they make it, but it's, it's like, you know, the Shana saying would be, you know, you know, like you just, you just made it yeah. through a flaming fire. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like yeah, Liverpool oh. did. <laughs> or Tottenham. You know, so that's the idea, you know, like you're just coming through uh, these flames. And so the flames there, this is the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, they believe that that's purgatory. You're going through flame, mm. and that flame is refining you to mm. to make you ready or prepare mm. you. And of course, it got very interesting in the Dark Ages uh, how it was interpreted right. that you know you could give there was a heresy that you could give um, some money uh, so that to get you into no to reduce the suffering of your relatives in purgatory. Oh, indulgences exactly. Okay. Yeah. So it got tacked on all sorts of things. But there is no purgatory. The Bible doesn't talk about a purgatory. 
if you're born again, you're in Christ, you go to be with the Lord. Yeah, and um, you also used yeah. to pray for lost souls. Exactly. You pray for lost souls. Yes. For people who were struggling to find their way. Yes. So they're in this uh, zone. In between place. In, the, in between place, yeah. Okay. When all, yeah, and anyone who dies in, in the Lord goes to heaven. And that's where we will be until the judgment. So the judgment is going to be held where the living and the dead will be brought before the, the, the courts and books are going to be opened. The book of life will be opened. Exactly. And it says books will be opened. So it's not just going to be the book of life, but books to do with, you know, the Bible says about how every one of our days was written, uh, was written in a book before it came to be. Yeah. So that book will be available. I'm very sure the Bible says that, uh, uh, you know, our tears are stored up in a scroll or something like that in Isaiah, in uh, Psalm 56, verse 8, if I'm not mistaken. There's something about that where God puts our tears or our, our laments. Then there's uh, uh, Malachi 3 that talks about how God listened to the people who feared God as they were talking to each other. And the things that they're talking about were written in a book of remembrance. So there are all these books that are going to be opened on the day. And of course, the book that carries the deeds that we actually did. Um, so all these books will be opened and the judgment will commence. And then those who are righteous will be judged, but not on the basis of what they did. Uh, whether they sin because all the sins are forgiven mm -hmm. but the judgment will be on your works the quality of the work whether the works good or bad so things like motive is going you know they're going to be looking at motives mm -hmm. going to be looking at whether you actually did what you're supposed to do did you fulfill your purpose that kind of stuff and then on the basis of that you get a reward and those that are um who died and were not believers are also going to be judged as well but they're going to be judged for the purpose of determining their level of punishment. So where were they this whole time? They were either dead or were on earth. Because no, yeah, wait. who? Okay, sorry, I think I'm confused. Who's okay. that? Who was not? Where, where, where was who? The unrighteous. The unrighteous. Yeah. Either they were dead. Oh, they were in hell. Okay. Yeah, they were in hell. Now they've been brought up to. So this is what would then determine whether or not they're going to be thrown into the lake of fire. No, this will determine just how bad their punishment is going to be because just as, as there are degrees of reward, there's uh -huh. also going to be degrees of punishment. So Jesus said in um, Luke twelve forty eight, I could get the verses wrong here, but it's in Luke 12, around in the region of the 40s. He said, uh, if anyone does anything wrong, right, um, and they knew what they, were, what they were doing was wrong, or if they knew that they were, they knew what needed to be done, but they didn't prepare, mm -hmm. right? They were going to receive more blows. And then those that did wrong, but did not really know what they were doing, they will receive less blows. So that's already showing you that there's going to be degrees of judgment or degrees of punishment. Uh, those that did stuff, you know the will of God, but you went on and did wrong anyway, you're going to receive a, a heavier punishment than someone else. Even when you look at on the other side, you know, the Bible talks about uh, how, you know, James says, we who teach, uh, you know, not many of us should, should, should become teachers because those of us who teach will be judged with greater condemnation or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So there'll be degrees. It's not going to be the same. Um, and right. so, yeah, on that side, they're going to be judged to show, to just to know how, how badly they will have to, you know, uh, suffer. If yeah. I can say that. Um, and then when that happens, 
uh, of course, the new heavens and the you know the heavens and the earth will disappear in a roar, as Peter says, uh, and will be destroyed. But the heaven of heavens, because you know the Bible says heavens and earth, so the different kinds of heavens, and the heavens that have been corrupted, you know, because the uh, the demons also have heavens where they live, so the corrupted heavens and the earth, they're all going to be destroyed, and they're going to have new heavens and a new earth. Um, of course, where God lives is perfect it's not going to be part of that yeah. um and so we we can reasonably assume that uh, we christians will be there in heaven waiting as this process plays out and then we're going to be put here on the new earth uh under the new heavens question yes Kowaza. yeah um when you speak of and i often wonder at this that <clears throat> the bible talks about heaven and earth right when it talks about earth is it talking about earth as we know it, as in the earth, the, the literal place, the, the globe, the planet that yes. we're on? Or is earth referring to Ooh, the material life. world or something? Yes. Or is it, I don't know, is it a metaphor for something else? It's, I think, in terms of a new earth, now the Bible says there's a new earth, I would imagine that in communicating that to us, uh, it's for us to, to remember what we were living on and then whatever we're going to have is going to be an upgrade on that. So it's, it's, it's going to be earth in terms of being a physical place mm. because we're going to have physical bodies. The Bible says that we're going to see bodies just like the one Jesus has. And Jesus has a physical body. So we'll have a physical body to interact with the physical earth. If we didn't, if we were, if we we're not going to live on a physical earth, we wouldn't need physical bodies because remember that when people go to heaven, they're just spirits. Their bodies are in the ground. Mm -hmm. They decay and all that. But they stand before God as spirits and they live as spirits properly. They don't feel like, oh my God, I'm naked, whatever. They're okay living as spirits as they are, but they're going to be united with their bodies later. So if we're going to live in heaven all the time, we wouldn't need physical bodies. But because we're going to be living on earth, and I, of course the Bible doesn't tell us a lot, but it does imply, if you look at Isaiah 65, where it talks about the new heavens and the new earth a little bit. It talks about people, be, each man being under his own vine and fig tree, so they'll be eating and drinking. You know, the Bible talks about the wedding feast of the, uh, or the wedding supper of the lamb. So there will be food to eat. Um, and there will be things to do. I do not believe that we're just going to be, you know, milling about. And because even if you do read some of the parables with regard to the guy who was faithful with one talent or something, there's one in Luke that talks about being made um, a leader of or being put over 10 cities. Right. Right. Um, so that's, that's work. Um, you're going to be responsible People are going to have responsibilities. And those that were found faithful on earth will be trusted with more responsibility than those that were not. Okay. So then what happens to the people who died before Jesus came? Um, who died in faith. Oh, wow. What faith? Yeah, because if you read uh, Hebrews 11, you have a whole host of people that are commended for their faith. Well, who lived, yeah, even before Abraham. You have the first person who is uh, endorsed for their faith being Abel. Uh, and after Abel, you have Noah. Uh, well, after Abel, sorry, you have uh, Enoch. After Enoch, you have Noah. And then you have Abraham. Um, and so you have a lot of people who were commended for their faith uh, who died before Jesus came. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and those are the guys which, when you read Matthew 27, are the guys who are part of uh, what I'd like to think was the first resurrection, who when, you know, it says that the the graves were split open and the holy people, you know, entered the city. Yeah. Uh, it's a very cryptic uh, passage, but it basically speaks of what happened to those guys who died in faith before, you know, uh, Christ came. Yeah. And they went up to be with Christ on the day that he ascended to heaven. I don't want this to belabor this point um, uh-huh. on eschatology and all, all this all this kind of stuff. Yes, we are talking about perceptions. Yeah, uh, because I want us to move on to something else. So can we hear and move on? Yep. Is that okay? So much attitude today. Just move on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, we're moving on. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> angels. <laughs> I'm talking about angels. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I'm sitting next to one. Oh. oh my God. That is. You mean that on your is, right, right? That is such. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's a corny pickup line. So that, actually, that actually leads to my point. Yes. <laughs> Which is why have we always believed that um, angels are these beautiful creatures and guys have used that as, you know, as part of their pickup lines to say, ah. Isn't heaven missing an angel? Yeah. No, all of that. <laughs> Has that been used on you before? Mm, no. Okay. I've, never, <laughs> I've, 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 I've actually never used that. Thank you. If anyone in this room has <clears throat> used that line before, <laughs> we forgive you. So, yeah, angels. When you look in the Bible, right, you see angel Gabriel, Michael, and they're coming to... Messages. Convey very important messages, mm-hmm. right? And then in other um, accounts, Ezekiel and other places, you're seeing angels, even in Revelation. Mm-hmm. It's talking about these creatures, these that scary look looking scary creatures, My eyes goodness. everywhere. And yeah. So now I'm thinking, this idea of angels being these stunning, beautiful creatures, where did we get it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, again... Most of the people who use that kind of language are people who actually are not believers. They have very, very little understanding of the Bible itself. Because, you know, if, if the Bible usually depicts angels, uh, of course they don't have a gender. But the gender that you see most of the time that is used uh, when they do appear, you don't find the Bible speaking of a, an angel appearing as a woman. Uh, although an angel can appear as a woman. But in the Bible it's almost always appearing as men when they went to rescue Lot. Uh, the whole city said, bring out those two fresh guys so that we can have a party with them, you know. <laughs> let's not get, let's just keep our focus. <laughs> you know, so those are two men, you know, and uh, it's just, it's incredible that then people would say, you know, you're my angel when most of the time the angels are coming, you know, they're all men in the Bible as they are, you know, as they appear. It says somewhere else in the Bible, but he, you must always be hospitable for you. Yes, yes. Angels unaware. Yes. So we'll, thank you for going all the way down the road there okay, uh, for fine. that. No, that's all right. <laughs> that's okay. Um, because that's exactly what we need to, you know, to talk about. That not all angels are, some of them are very beautiful. I mean, they're very impressive beings. Yeah. What you find in the Bible say most of the time when an angel appears to someone, the next thing the angel says is, do not be afraid, you know? <laughs> because yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. they're, they're very impressive. And actually, yeah. I mean, just looking at this being and this guy and also the fact that he appears out of nowhere as well, oh, you know, yeah. kind of, you know, <laughs> it's a mystery to say, hey, you know, 
Calm down, everybody. You know, like, come in peace. I've got to be honest. Of yeah. late, each time I've thought of angels in the Bible, I've thought of Thor. Like, oh, I've yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah. For some reason, when you said Thor, I yeah. Venom. So that's why I was like, what? Yeah, Venom is, yeah. So, I mean, look, again, those, the, those are approximations. Angels are very powerful beings. The Bible says yeah. uh, things like, you know, uh, you mighty ones, you who do his bidding. That's how the Bible describes angels, mighty ones. They've got tremendous power. God of angel armies. Like, yeah. You see them as yeah. They, so that, that, that even doesn't give them, you know, the credit that is due to them. You have one angel being sent um, in the time of Hezekiah, uh, when the king of Assyria wanted to take over uh, Jerusalem. And in one night, one angel killed uh, 185,000 men. On his own or on his own or however you want to put that across. Um, so, you, you know, that's, that's, uh, that, that's some serious power. Um, and very powerful beings, but they also have uh, ranks, if you like. Uh, the Bible talks about the archangel Michael. Jesus coming at the blast of the trumpet of an archangel. You can't have an archangel if you don't have angels under the archangel. Right. Otherwise, you know. So it just makes sense that that already, you know, uh, implies rank within the angelic host. Um, uh, and you will find they, they seem to have different um, categories. You have what are called cherubim. And these are the ones that were... Uh, Put on the ark as well, uh, and they had wings. Mm -hmm. So these are the winged creatures. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you have the four living creatures that had four faces, one of a lion, one of a, <laughs> of a man, and uh, an ox. Passages, passages right? For me. Yeah. I'm just like, yo. Just imagine these things. Dude. With eyes everywhere. That's another rank of, or another class of angelic being. Then you got the seraphim that are only mentioned once in the Bible in Isaiah 6. These uh, seraphim it comes from that word for fire, which is they're the burning ones. They burn literally. So they're just on fire all the time. And then you've got the other angels. Cherubim. Yeah. Yeah. We're, 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 yeah. So we spoke the about cherubim. cherubim. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. So, so, so the seraphim, the guys that were around the throne, they were just saying, holy, 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 mm -hmm. the burning ones. And then you've got the cherubim that were hammered into the work of the Ark of the oh, Covenant. Yeah. Okay. And those ones had the, you know, had the wings. And Satan was a cherub um, before. So he was one of the guardian cherubs. He was a cherub. Oh, he had, so, so he had wings uh, before. Um, and then you also have angels that don't appear to have any wings. That's where you hear stuff like you know, the Bible says in Hebrews 13, verse 1 to 2, uh, you know, do not neglect to show hospitality because some have hosted angels unawares. And I have a friend of mine who... Uh, once uh, had an encounter with somebody and then a prophetic person came to them and said, uh, this, an, an angel appeared to me. Okay, so this is someone who is saying this is a prophetic thing that happened. Uh -huh. They had an angel appear or they had this conversation in which an angel was speaking and saying, I went to see so-and-so on this day. I was wearing all this stuff and he didn't welcome me. He didn't give me what I was asking for. Mm. And so that person went to that person and told, told them, them, and they said, that's true. It actually happened. I remember the day, I remember what I said to them. And they were so broken. Mm. You know, so <laughs> there's something for you out of that passage that, um, and it's because they look so ordinary, you know, it's not, you know, if they came and then wings coming out and you were like, oh, please, let me go and find some food for you. You know what I mean? Right. 
Um, even when Abraham uh, hosted God and the angels, when they came, there was just, there was just God and these two men. Mm. And they even ate food at his house. Mm. Gideon uh, encountered this angel of the Lord, didn't know that it was an angel of the Lord, had this whole conversation, said, I'm going to get something for you. Here's the sacrifice. He puts, and then the guy says, put it on a rock, touches it with his staff, fire comes out and then he disappears and then Gideon is like, oh, I'm going to die. I'm seeing the face of God. You know, this is after the fact. Mm. Same thing with um, um, Joshua. Joshua. Yes, Joshua, exactly. Joshua was like, hey, you dudes, you're standing in the road. Who, 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 who are you standing for, me or the other guys? He said, hey, I, I don't hear for your agenda. I stand here as the captain of the Lord's army. Mm. And he fell down flat on his face. Same thing happened with Manoah and his wife. Uh, Samson's dad, there's this man who just appeared and told the, and gave her the prophecy, and, they, and then he came back again. And then it's only when he uh, went up to heaven in the flame of fire that they were like, oh my God, oh. We just had, you know, had an angelic encounter. So they're not always having wings, they're not always like this beautiful woman, but they can be so <laughs> like regular, you know, on the yeah. street. This guy, you like, ah, you know, this guy comes and asks you for help. I know, you know, and that could be an angel, you know, stuff like that. Wow. So in summary, there are classes of them. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, people will latch on to one class and then generalize. Mm -hmm. And because, they, you know, the, you know the, the cherubs have the wings, then every angel has wings. Every sculpture, you, know, mm -hmm. you see of an angel has wings. But not every angel has wings or flies or does all that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. And the wheels have eyes as well. <laughs> yeah. Guys. Okay. But then again, Revelation, to what extent are we actually supposed to take Revelation, um, the book of Revelations, literally? Um, to the extent that it shows itself very clearly in the context that it is literal. Okay. Did you even understand that answer? Okay. So, okay, look. <laughs> So if you, if the if if the Bible is saying that there's a we saw a lamb that looked like it was slain sitting on the throne, you don't expect that to be an actual lamb that was slain. Because what does a lamb that was slain look like? And he's sitting on a throne. So it's got his neck cut and blood is flowing out and he's chilling on a throne with his hoofs like this. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I mean, it, it right, becomes yeah. it becomes apparent from the context. Yeah, this is figurative. Yeah, but then if if the guy is saying, then an angel came to me and, and, and handed me a scroll. <laughs> you know, you have to take that literally as an actual scroll that was handed to him. You know right. what I mean? So that's how you deal with with uh, you know with revelations. So the rapture, because mm -hmm. I know this one is a contentious one, very a confusing, extremely. Yeah, well, <laughs> maybe we can quickly talk about yes, that. Yes, I okay. think first we need to tell what our Pacific was excluded your perception of what's going to happen at the, uh, the rapture uh, the rapture mm. i don't know <laughs> honestly like i i think that people are just going to start disappearing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh but i think it's going to be over like a period of time where people just disappear mm -hmm. almost like what happened with thanos <laughs> okay like okay. in different locations but that was okay. all at the same time though no but like mm, different it wasn't all at the same time. Same take. No, but the Nick Fury is there, like in that other. Chennai being too thingy. No, but I'm just saying that's the kind of picture I have in my head. That Keith will be in Hong Kong there with his family, and then boom, and we're like, hey, Keith on, you know what's up? What's going on, Keith on? 
last scene. <laughs> then in some other pastor will be preaching, then his whole his whole congregation goes and he's like And he's left it. there. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how I picture it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I've watched a lot of those TBN movies and I read the Left Behind books. Yes. So that's sort of what's framed my idea of what's going to happen. Yes. So literally, like you're saying, people are just going to disappear. But then the problem with that is if someone disappears while they're behind the wheel, there'll be a car crash. So literally, when there's the disappearance happening, chaos is breaking out because then there's planes dropping out of the sky because pilots are going to So, <laughs> yeah, for me, it's like... And then the key thing is that their clothes remain behind. <laughs> it's like how Jesus was like, they just found the, the, the grave clothes. Yeah, grave clothes. But he wasn't there. So that's kind yeah. of how I've seen it. And I had like the worst experience in high school. My roommate was like this super holy girl. Yeah. I'm sorry. Agatha, shout out to you. But she was this really <laughs> sweet girl, Christian girl, everything. So at school, there was like this storm. Like, guys, it was like the worst storm I've ever heard. I literally thought the world was ending. Then the electricity went. There was like darkness. So then I wake up, right? And I'm like, I give up. I give up. And she wasn't responding. Go over to her bed. Oh, I see that there's no one in the bed, but like her nighty is there. And I'm like, Jesus, what is happening? Why am I still here? I prayed to you this morning. Like, I'm saved. I don't understand. Why would you take Agatha? I really thought that the world was ending and that Agatha had dipped like she was gone. Because, guys, it was like the, her head wrap and her nighty was just laid out on her bed. And like yeah, her, crazy. her duvet cover was like shifted and i was like oh my gosh oh my gosh then i needed now to see who else was she left behind with me so i started going this is like at midnight to everyone's rooms to see who was still in their beds <sighs> do i not find agatha's in someone else's bed she said i was scared by the storm so i went to go sleep with my friend i'm like really so why was your nighty like that so it's like when she moved her pillow like it came out from under her pillow and then it's just like spread on her bed but i was so <laughs> freaked out you guys i really felt like how did I get left? Like, how did I get That's left? Funny. I felt like left such a behind, fake. literally. I really felt like Jesus left me. <laughs> so, yeah. That's my image of the rapture. It's an interesting one. Um, see, because the word for rapture itself just means a catching away. Mm-hmm. Um, a catching away or a catching up uh, into the heavens. You see Paul speak about it in First Corinthians 15 as well says that not all of us are going to fall asleep, but those of us who remain will be caught up together with him. That's also in First Thessalonians chapter 5. He speaks about how, or in First Corinthians 15, he talks about how we're going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. So even the thing with the clothes, uh, you know, the power of the Lord is, is, is tremendous. So you will be wrapped, you can be wrapped with your clothes on. On your way, you just have, you know, transformation because you're going to be wrapped in your body, mm-hmm. Right. And yet your body is going to be changed in an instant to be like the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, so that's going to happen. There's enough uh, very clear passages of scripture uh, that the, the, the idea is repeated. Jesus himself t- t- talked about it. He said that uh, one woman and two women will be at the grinding mill. Mm-hmm. or not mill, exactly. A grinding stone. One will be taken, one will be left. Two, uh, two men will be working in the field or something like that. One will be taken, one will be left. And that's the rapture. Um, and so it is repeated throughout scripture and, and it's going to happen where the dispute is, uh, is the when and the how of the rapture. Mm. So the when aspect has to do with the tribulation, 
there's going to be seven years of tribulation. Uh, I think there's uh, unanimity among all Bible scholars on the tribulation, that there is going to be a time of tribulation uh, on the earth. Uh, but the question is, will Christians participate in that tribulation? And that's where the... Well, they'll be taken before. Yeah. So there's what, those that talk about uh, the pre-tribulational rapture, where Christians will be taken out before tribulation. There are those who believe in the mid-tribulation rapture. We're in the middle of the... Because there's going to be three and a half years of peace and then three and a half years of serious trial. Mm. After the years of peace, the Christians are taken out of the equation. And then there's the post-tribulational ones where the Christians will experience tribulation and then the Lord will come and rescue them mm. after that. So that's where the dispute is. And you have guys, very strong uh, biblical evidence for I think the pre and the post the mid one doesn't have as much in terms of uh, evidence as the pre and the post tribulation guys. Um, and can I say that it's okay for people to have whatever view that they have? It's not uh, going to determine whether you make it to heaven or, or, you, know, or you don't. Yeah. Uh, of course, those that have the post tribulation uh, theology will, will argue that they are the best prepared for the end times because, hey, if it ends up being pre tribulational, then happy days. I don't have to go through it. Mm -hmm. But if you are believing in a pre-tribulational uh, rapture, and then you end up going through the tribulation, you may find yourself, you know, falling away because you, you know, getting into something that you didn't expect. Mm -hmm. But there's there's a lot of evidence for each uh, one of those. And I think, and I've said to people, I believe the reason that we we have these disputes around this is because the Lord intends for us not to be uh, in the know of everything that is going to happen around that time, but that we'd be prepared and that we'd be ready yeah. for when he comes. Because he said, like a thief in the, you night, know, yeah. in the night, so the Son of Man will come. Um, and so there's going to be, it's, it's unpredictable. Yeah. You, know, you can't then nail it down. You can't say, ah, Jesus can't come today. Why? Because the man of lawlessness has not yet come. So, ah, let us relax ourselves. Why is the man of lawlessness always depicted as being like some, some dude from the West? Eh? By who? In the movies. TV. In the TV. movies. Yeah. In TV, because uh, when you combine uh, the words of Daniel and along with, uh, you know, what Paul said, you find that the guy is depicted as coming from those nations. So the nations that are, that are described in Daniel chapter 7 to 12, that are going to have all these, because there are all these kingdoms that are going to arise and all these kind of mm -hmm. things. The man of lawlessness is going to come from, some guys believe, somewhere in Russia or, or, some, or Eastern Europe, somewhere there. Because of, yeah, because of the nations that were described by the angels as yeah. they were telling Daniel what was going to happen. Okay. And the nations that they are now. That's so true. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> guys have you watched those TBN movies you need to watch them. I stopped watching yeah. those things and I but you also have John to Hagee. yeah but you've got to be careful because of, uh, John Hagee and these guys unfortunately then they bring in a bit of nationalism into their theology yeah. because you know America you know America is great and mm -hmm. you know the communists and whatever oh, evil that's why it's always yeah Russian. so you have yeah, you have to be very careful with American preaching because patriotism is a stronghold for them I think it's a stronghold, the the way they love their flag and everything. 
um, and it affects even the way that they preach. Mm. Yeah. yeah. A quick one before I move on to the um, next and final point is uh, I was reading, listening to, to this guy. He's a textual critic. I think I've mentioned him before. His name is Daniel Wallace. Mm-hmm. Um, probably one of, one of the most renowned biblical textual critics. Uh, brilliant guy. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, basically his whole life or ministry or work is dedicated to studying uh, the New Testament manuscript tradition. So he says that the book of Revelation, the most reliable manuscript they have on the book of, Re- of Revelation, actually says the number of the beast is 616. Mm-hmm. And he makes a joke about it because yeah. he says, now what happens to all those guys who've spoken? What happens to all those volumes of material that have been preached on triple six? Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, so far, I think it's two manuscripts that are in existence mm-hmm. where there's actually consensus that um, they are the, the, they both mention the number of the beast as being six one six, right? So I just thought that was a very interesting convenient yeah. for you since your phone number ends exactly. in six six six. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That was a huge relief because <laughs> my phone number is just yeah. But yeah. you know. <laughs> all the ladies out there, my numbers. Um, okay, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, so yeah, what, what's up with that? This whole okay. triple six thing. So again, the triple six thing is again something that you have to be very careful if you read the way that John puts it across. Right? Um, yes, six one six. If you read the uh, most Bibles, will say in the you know in the um, margin, yeah, mm-hmm. or in the footnotes, you have or six one six. Yeah. So you can go six 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 or six one six. But it's called the number of man, you know, okay. um, and people can calculate it and people have tried to calculate it. And people have said that the number of Jesus is 888. So the number of the beast, according to uh, well, the numerology that they're using, if it's Hebraic um, or if it's, uh, you know, Roman, you have different results. But the idea there is not so much that people get hung up on what 666 means because you can make of it what you want really to be honest um the idea is to say that this beast or this man when he comes is going to have an identification that he's going to use there'll be something about how he goes about his business and 666 will be 666 yeah will be a big part of how he goes about his stuff so maybe the branding that he's going to use and all that kind of thing to help people understand what's going to happen, not so that people get caught up in it and just oh okay, so what is six six six? I SDAs, sorry if there's any SDAs listening, but this is the truth. They love this sort of thing. They've worked it out. Some have said that six 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 is the Pope. <laughs> yeah, I actually used I used to hear that. Yeah, that's from the SDAs, uh, and it's gone into mainstream. Well, not, but to a degree. And so you say if the Pope is six 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 is the mark of is that that's the mark of the beast and the Pope is the beast, you know. So we found the beast, basically, and that's. Then the question becomes, which Pope? Exactly, <laughs> any, any and every Pope who comes in is triple six. Mm. So you see how that can just degenerate into all sorts of yeah. yeah. It's the number of man, because six anyway is the number of man because man was created on the sixth day. Yeah. Uh, if you if you're into that sort of thing, uh, numerology, um, and I think just let just leave it at that, really, and not get too deep into 
what it actually let's calculate what it means yeah so if, no, but i guess i guess because the bible after it says that it says he who bears the mark no it yeah, says yes, yeah. who has wisdom yes can calculate yes you are now, now trying to, to be the exactly that's it that's it and that's the thing is that you want to be the one with wisdom yeah. you know but how do you calculate something calculate how that's okay. I'll be what the is one without wisdom. yeah you know what i mean <laughs> because the way that you calculate at the end of the day is going to produce all these many. different results yeah so you don't have wisdom i don't think we do have wisdom if you find yourself trying to calculate it and to discern oh this is what it means this is what okay yeah all right, cool. Uh, T-Mac, anything on this point? No. Okay, good. This discussion is part of a three-part series and will continue in the last episode, episode 91. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.